0: Welcome to Truth Behind Travel Podcast. I'm your host, Dolores Semeraro, former corporate PR girl and digital communication specialist, now hospitality speaker and trainer, on a mission to help travel companies and tourism organizations to restore travel confidence. Truth Behind Travel podcast is a weekly interview series in conversation with tourism industry leaders and travel professionals about what goes on in the industry today, how do we embark on the journey to travel recovery and restore confidence in travel. Truth Behind Travel brings you the key facts to help you travel once again, better, easier and smarter. On today's episode, I'm in Sri Lanka, one of my favorite island destinations in the Indian Ocean. Sri Lanka has not yet opened borders to international tourism and today I'm talking to one of the leading tourism organizations in Sri Lanka about how is the travel and hospitality industry coping with the current events and how are they adapting to the domestic market's demands and what are the challenges ahead. My guest today has been a board member of the Sri Lanka Tourism Development Authority and the Tourism Promotion Bureau for several years. He contributed to the World Committee on Tourism Ethics at the UNWTO, and he is the chairman of Jetwing Symphony in Sri Lanka, Mr. Hiran Kore. Welcome back to the program. Today, I have the pleasure of being in Sri Lanka. I'm here speaking with the chairman of Jetwing Symphony, based in Colombo, Mr. Hiran Kore. Welcome.
1: Thank you, Dolores. Nice to be with you.
0: Thank you for taking the time to join me on the episode today. I'm looking it's forward a pleasure. to yes, I'm looking forward to our chat. And I'm sure there's plenty of our um, listeners that are looking forward to know when is Sri Lanka opening borders and what is happening on the island and when that happens how can they travel again to such a beautiful destination so in this case jetwing is one of the most established and the leading tourism and hospitality organization in sri lanka and for those listeners who are not familiar with the with the organization would you like to give us
1: an overview Most certainly, yes. Uh, Jetwing was founded by my father way back in 1973, so we are very close to 50 years in the business. He first started off in in the hotel side, Uh, so we have grown now to 25 hotels in the island of Sri Lanka and we also own and manage about 9 villas in the island. On the the destination management side, we have the Jetwing Travels, which uh, uh, is uh, one of the leading destination management companies, providing transportation, guiding, and hotel reservations and so on. We have a Jetwing Eco Holidays, which uh, specializes in nature tourism, bird watching, uh, whale watching, and so on. Uh, We have Jetwing Adventures, that is a little bit more on the rough side of tourism. Uh, And then, of course, we also do airline representation. And also, I can say anything to do with tourism and hospitality in Sri Lanka, we are involved in.
0: And since the island is still on border closed, it still um, still hasn't opened the borders to international tourism, especially over the last few months, a lot of Mm -hmm. hotels and resorts and tourism organizations in Sri Lanka have looked at the domestic market to yes. revive the tourism within the borders. So we also, as many other destinations, have re-evaluated what the domestic demand would look like. We so much focus on international tourism that sometimes our our tone of voice, our message, our offerings uh, when it comes to holidays, not just in the hotels, but also Visiting the destination, visiting the landmarks, it's completely oriented towards the international tourist preferences. But when we look at the domestic market, every single destination has to look at okay, what do we like when we travel? We as uh, Sri Lankan, we as Seychellois, or as Mauritian, or as any of the destinations, especially within the Indian Ocean that have reopened to tourism. So in Sri Lanka, we have looked at how the domestic market could help the tourism industry to survive during these last few months, especially these challenging times. How have you adapted uh, to the domestic tourism demands? Right.
1: In our case, Dolores, it's a slightly different because, you know, I think Sri Lanka has gone through. A uh, lot of, uh, you know, domestic-related problems in the past as well. And so because of that, uh, we being probably the leading uh, tourism hospitality brand in the island, we our number one market has always been Sri Lankans. So even before uh, the Easter Sunday bombs of uh, 2019, Our number one market, when when we were were doing 90% occupancy year-round, we still had 25% of that business coming from the Sri Lankans. So we've always maintained a very, very close working relationship with the Sri Lankans, the Sri Lankan companies, uh, incentives, families traveling, honeymooners. So we were well-equipped. So, moment Sri Lankans were allowed to travel again after the two months of uh, complete lockdown here, most weekends we were running full in our hotels. So, they actually helped us to keep the plant going, maintaining, uh, pay, uh, you know, we have a workforce of 3,000 people working with us. So, we they, they really helped us to, uh, you know, look after our associates and uh, keep the plant going. So, we, I must say, We are are very very happy that we've always maintained a very good relationship with the Sri Lankan market and that has helped us even in times like this.
0: And especially over the last few months where... The the health and safety protocols had to be implemented across the Mm -hmm. island, whether that is uh, at the property level, in the hotels and resorts, in the villas, uh, within the service uh, standards, but also when visiting the landmarks of the island and all the historical places of interest. The Sri Lankan tourism, the domestic tourism, did that change? Did they change their travel habits?
1: Yes I think I think now everybody is very careful therefore there there was uh always I mean you know after after all this happened because there was a lot of educational programs going on uh, then there are guidelines set by the Sri Lanka Tourism Development Authority uh, which was also audited by KPMG uh, so we had to be certified with all the health and safety protocols and some are very very stringent protocols we had to adhere to that so most of the Sri Lankans were aware of that and we followed that and then that's what made the Sri Lankans comfortable to travel to the hotels and also to the, you know, as you said, the monuments and the cultural sites and so on.
0: And how have you managed um, to keep that social distancing mandatory across the, the travel experience?
1: You know, when, when people travel as, you know, they, they create their own bubble. Let's say, for example, I have three sons who are all adults, and the five and my wife and five of us travel, then we are together. We don't keep any social distance because we've been living together as a family. Uh, So when we travel, we are together as a family. But if we meet somebody, Outside, Then we will keep a certain distance. I mean, that's how uh, it happens. I mean, when Sri Lankans travel, uh, if if it's very close friends or family, then they'll travel together and then they'll keep that close unit. And then uh, they will decide whether somebody else should be brought into that group or not.
0: According to my uh, few experiences of traveling across Sri Lanka, places mm-hmm. of interest and places where um, you could, you know, get to know the history of the country and uh, the natural, also the natural beauty were often yes. crowded. And yeah. it was very challenging to maintain a sort of um, breeding space, even before the pandemic struck, so we yeah. have we, we are thinking about how do we restart restart tourism from all perspective. And when I when I look at Sri Lanka, for example, the natural beauty of the island has something for everybody. So when you look at, for example, um, the forest, the mountains, the waterfalls, the beaches, which area of Sri Lanka within the domestic market became the most popular? for Jetwing?
1: Wildlife was the number one because uh, we have a hotel in Yala National Park just outside the borders. And that hotel maintained very high occupancy because for Sri Lanka, because Yala at one time was almost over visited with tourists. And the Sri Lankans uh, couldn't get access into the park. It was it was a rush to get inside the park because Yala is one of the probably the best place in the world to see the leopard. And now with no tourists, it was paradise for the Sri Lankans to go there and you know have the park for themselves, uh, you know the leopard for themselves. Uh, so for us, Yala was the number one. And then, of course, uh, you know, our cultural areas, we have uh, hotels in Sigiriya and Dabulla that experienced uh, high occupancies as well. The mountain areas, the tea plantations, Norelia and Ambevela, uh, that also we experienced uh, very high occupancy. Uh, some of our hotels we had also given for quarantine purposes. So I would say the most popular was wildlife. Next would be the cultural areas and the mountains.
0: One of the trends that has been identified by the United Nations World Tourism Organization latest report was the mm. fact that to- tourists today, travelers, are as they start traveling again, they're looking for off-the-beaten-track experiences. They're looking at f- full immersion in nature rather than visiting crowded landmarks or uh, city urban hubs so it's important that now we see this actually this trend reflected within the domestic tourism rather than uh, the international tourism so it sounds like even though the island hasn't opened borders yet The occupancy of the hotels, the resorts and the places of interest in terms of visiting and um, and, a number of people hasn't decreased. So you are going on and you are thriving through this challenging time by
1: serving the domestic
0: market very successfully.
1: We are surviving. But of course, I must tell you, the domestic market is only weekend travel. So it's it's we are we are we are heavily occupied on Friday nights Saturday nights, so the rest of the nights aren't doing as well as we would like to. So in, in when we talk of the short to medium term, short term we can survive with the domestic market, but when it comes to medium term and looking beyond, uh, we need to open our borders. We need to have the uh, tourists, foreign tourists coming in. Uh, in order to sustain the industry otherwise uh, it won't be easy for us to keep keep our hotels op- operating it's
0: a common trait that you share with mauritius at this point mauritius has mm. um a mandatory quarantine in place of 14 days upon arrival and mm-hmm. that means that basically everybody that arrives in the uh, uh, that arrives to the island needs to go on quarantine whether they are resident or tourists, that means that most of the tourism right now in, in, in Mauritius is domestic. And just like yeah. Sri Lanka, it's a weekend mm-hmm. tourism flow. So it starts from mm-hmm. uh, later, like earliest, by Thursday to Sunday, more or less. Oh, okay. So it is, but at least we can see that these destinations are able to use the domestic tourism Whilst, for example, other destinations in the Indian Ocean don't have it. Like let's, if we look at Maldives, for example, or a bit less in the Seychelles. We take take care of our domestic travelers. We welcome them to the facilities, to the resorts, to the destination. I mean, within the destination. And for many, as you said, it's an opportunity. It's a unique opportunity to visit their own country and to actually enjoy it without the crowds. So when we look at the way we speak to them, we speak to them differently. Our promotional messages are different. Our tone of voice is different because we are speaking to our people. But when we look at the international tourism, for example, heavily affected worldwide, from a country perspective like Sri Lanka, where borders have been closed now for a while and the island is battling with uh, a few waves uh, coming and going of the outbreak of the pandemic. So, When we look at, for example, how you position your message towards the international market and you want them to know that Sri Lanka is still in the game, we are ready to welcome the tourism again Mm -hmm. when when the time will be right, and we need to speak a language that inspires trust. So what could Mm -hmm. be, in your opinion, a message that would inspire trust again in the travelers coming to Sri Lanka?
1: I think one is, of course, you know, for, for any destination today, without any doubt, the number one message will be the, the safety, health and safety protocols that one whatever the country follows. I think in Sri Lanka, that has been done extremely, extremely well. Uh, the medical, the armed forces, everyone has come together, uh, protecting the people, making sure that this virus hasn't spread. I mean, you know, we have thankfully have had less than 75 uh, deaths so far. Uh, The the message will be very clear that we've taken this very seriously. We made sure that this uh, uh, spread did not go wild among the communities, we contained it very well. So that's that will obviously be our first message. Then, of course, the steps we've taken with the, you know, the quality improvements in the hotels, uh, the sustainability aspect. Our government is very strong on sustainability. They have been, uh, you know, from 1st of January uh, 2021, they have uh, banned use of uh, single-use plastics anymore, which is a significant step for a country like ours. The community involvement, the benefits to the local communities. Uh, all of that uh, will be showcased, of course. And and of course, the destination will be promoted with the wildlife. We have the beaches and the cultural sites and the mountains. And so I think the key message, obviously, is safety, health and safety. And then the sustainability uh, aspects uh, of uh, of the destination and and the warmth of our people, you know, uh, even during uh, 26 years of conflict, which ended in 2009, Sri Lanka never was out of tourism ever. You know, we we always stayed on in people's minds because of the warmth, the smiles of our people, the hospitality skills of our people. And let's talk about our people. Let's talk about how the Sri
0: Lankan workforce has adapted mm. to these new standards, new way of working. I mean, the hospitality the, the heart of the hospitality in Sri Lanka really starts from the smile of the people, a smile that is now being covered by a face mask. Yes. So how, how sure. did that change? How did the workforce in Sri Lanka adapted to this current timings?
1: Initially, it was difficult. Initially, they found it challenging. But then they realized that life has to go on. You know, we are in hospitality to make people comfortable, make people relax. Uh, make people welcome and then then when we when we restarted after the lockdown sometime early June this year I think by then they mentally they were prepared and also uh, Sri Lankans value the business aspect of uh, tourism I mean you know uh, close to a million people depend on it and they know that without tourism it would be very very difficult for them to survive and there aren't that many uh opportunities in the island. Tourism is one of the key uh, economic uh, drivers and the government is also fully behind helping the industry, making sure that we don't collapse altogether. And they have given us uh, uh, assistance. Uh, They have given us a moratorium so that we don't have to pay the banks, the interest, and the uh, loans that we have taken until September of 2021, uh, which is a huge relief. They gave uh, 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 working capital loans at very uh, minimal interest rates for two months, uh, mainly to pay the staff and so on. So all those have helped to keep the plan And I'm sure they will continue to make sure that uh, Sri Lanka uh, hotels and travel agencies remain uh, when it's time to uh, welcome tourists back into our island.
0: Jetwing operates not just hotels and resorts, but you operate a variety of businesses across the tourism industry, including booking uh, as a travel agent and also as um, supplier of destination services to visit the destination. Yes. Mm-hmm. What are the trends that you have observed in terms of uh, booking pattern and be- the behavior behind booking a holiday tomorrow in over the last few months?
1: I think one trend that was developing and you know people were requesting us uh, from our sources in the in the European market especially is that long stay uh, business uh, you know long those who wanted to get away from the winter in in those markets the so uk germany france and some of the other scandinavian countries and come and to this part of the world i think that uh, if we had had we opened the borders by now so that i think that was one trend that was developing uh you know and people were looking for destinations to go to and the fact that we haven't opened the borders as yet i think we missed out a little bit on that and i feel sad about it uh, this is a very stressful period i mean you know whether you're into tourism or not uh it is very stressful for people so so therefore uh, yoga meditation ayurveda massage all that will come in handy and i think that will be uh, big uh, uh, will be in demand uh, of of that uh, when when we open our borders
0: what what market do you think will be the first to come back to sri lanka when borders open again
1: i i see australians new zealanders as potential uh, first on the block here uh, because it's it's we have direct flights now sri lankan airlines flies to melbourne uh, you know, even now they, they carry cargo, so it's very easy for them to bring in uh, Australian uh, and New Zealand tourists over here. Uh, UK, Germany, France uh, could be another, another you know, segment, even though they are a little bit more, you know, where, when with the virus is concerned, a little bit more complicated at the moment, but I still see potential there.
0: When we look at the, the travel trends in the most recent months, I would say, we observe that wellness and well-being tourism, it's on top of the list of many mm-hmm. countries that are starting to yeah. travel mm-hmm. again. Whether the last few months have sort of uh, had a very strong impact on our mental health and on the things that we value and the way we spend time with our family and friends, with the people we love. And when it comes to embracing that new it's actually not even a new way of traveling it's been there for a long time the wellness and well-being yeah. segment but it's now revamped it's now reevaluated. and uh, a lot of hotels and resorts are looking at establishing a whole new repositioning for people to to come and stay and take care yeah. of themselves and take care of their mental health and sort of re-energize is that something mm-hmm. that you're looking at in the jet Wings
1: hotels we have a we have few hotels completely dedicated to ayurveda. Uh, some of the hotels are, uh, you know, very well uh, organized ayurveda and the traditional spas and so on. So we've been in this uh, wellness for the last fifteen years or so. So I think it's it's not something new to us and welcoming. We we have a huge presence in uh, Japan, for example. Uh, with the ayurveda in germany and austria Uh, there's a big market for us uh, on the ayurveda segment so we see that uh, opening up and coming back uh, denmark has been a very very uh, big market for us in ayurveda so when we
0: look at the geography of sri lanka we already see that the natural beauties whether that is mountain beach forest waterfalls it calls for wellness and well-being. On top of that, we bring an incredible history and knowledge and expertise of natural healing that is the the core essence of Ayurveda. So it seems to me that Sri Lanka has it all to really address the needs of today's travelers.
1: For sure, yes. So we only need to open the borders. Yes, and there is a plan. The government uh, is now seriously considering we in the industry are expecting to them to open by middle of December. But if that doesn't happen, we hope and pray that they'll open in early January 2021. I know the Minister of Tourism is uh, uh, working on it together with the Tourist Board, uh, looking at certain countries, you know, whether there is a possibility uh, to have a travel bubble. Uh, that is one aspect. The other is just open the country. And uh, like right now, we have a 14-day quarantine, like you said, in Mauritius for Sri Lankans and residents coming back. So one one option they are considering is allow everyone to come, but everyone quarantines for 14 days. That is one option. The other is if there is a travel bubble, then you have those countries that are in that list where they can come but they don't have to quarantine for 14 days but they'll have to do a pcr three days before travel so these are the two options that they are working on they haven't taken a final decision as yet uh, we are working with the government what we are very keen on is also to make sure that the, the 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 travel experience for the person who's coming in is also not so hasslesome
0: so we have options if sri lanka is set to reopen borders uh, mid-December. There are options towards having mandatory quarantine upon arrival or having air bubbles with certain countries that would invite these specific destinations to travel Mm -hmm. safely Mm -hmm. to Sri Lanka without having to go quarantine. From the experience that we have in Mauritius, we see that quarantine upon arrival discourage short-term tourism. So if Sri Lanka is up for long-term tourism trend meaning people are more looking at staying two three months to get away from the from the european winter from the Mm. the waves of of the outbreaks in in europe and the us of course australia Mm -hmm. as you just mentioned so this could be an option so there are different options and each one of them brings up different challenges ahead what are the challenges that you see moving forward for for Lanka?
1: well i think the first challenge is to convince uh, the medical authorities and everybody else who's uh, you know uh, putting up all these rules and regulations that we have to live with this uh, uh, virus i mean i don't think the virus will go away tomorrow morning we need to be be sensible and and open borders in that manner so that that you know tourism can go on without bringing this virus back into our country. So that's, to me, the biggest challenge, convincing the authorities that we need tourism back again in the country. And then the next challenge is, of course, uh, making sure that the, 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 the hotels, the travel agencies and all are able to survive the next two to three years they'll struggle, they'll close down. I mean, you know, a lot of them uh, will go belly up and I don't want to see that happen. I'd like to see everybody in tourism in Sri Lanka still continuing to uh, benefit from this industry. It's not only for a few big companies uh, to benefit, it's for everybody. Sri Lanka's tourism has benefited a lot of people and I'd like to see that happening. A lot of youngsters today have lost faith in tourism. You know, they they think, OK, I mean, you know, uh, we have lived a life in tourism. I'm, I've completed 33 years in tourism and I can't think of anything better to do than be in tourism and hospitality. But for the youngsters who are just passing out from the universities and high schools and so on, uh, we need to make sure that they will also join this hospitality and tourism airline uh, sectors in the future, you know, because it's this is a people business where people welcome people, and that needs to be. Uh, so the so you you might talk of everything digital, you check in digitally, you do this digitally, but finally, it's that warmth, that human touch, that prevails. Then the other challenge is, you know, people who get on tourists, come on to tourism again, might look at short term gains, forgetting the sustainability aspect, the good of tourism. You know, the good of tourism is making sure communities benefit, making sure that you do not harm the environment that we benefit from. To me, these two are very important. And the third and sometimes unspoken aspect is peace through tourism. You know, our country, Sri Lanka has gone through, you know, difficult past, you know, we've had difficult situations in the past. So I think tourism is a great way to bring, uh, you know, restore that normalcy again, you know, bring that brotherhood, bring that, uh, you know, love, compassion empathy to the people and tourism must be used i was in the unwto tourism ethics committee under Taleb rifai the former unwto secretary general and Taleb brought the fourth p into tourism that is peace people profit planet and he brought the fourth p peace and that people must not forget i mean at the moment everything is covid 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 but you know More up to me, more than COVID is peace. These are huge challenges I see uh, that we need to overcome for tourism to be sustainable. We can't leave it to politicians and expect politicians to find solutions. They will never find solutions to peace because then their job will be gone. So, therefore, it is us in I mean, you know, who play a role because tourism, we are ambassadors. I'm an ambassador of my country. You're an ambassador for many countries. So similarly, you know, people must be, you know, sharing that experiences, love, uh, wonderful stories of compassion, empathy to the world. And then we will have a much better world in the future for people to travel freely without terrorism, without hatred, without anger, and of course, without the virus as well, hopefully.
0: There will be a long way for all of us ahead, um, not Mm. only to sort of like embrace the world of travel again, but also to embrace each other. It almost seems like you rightly said that we have we're looking at each other now with some sort of suspicions and we're like, oh, okay, uh, can mm. I hug you? Can I greet you? And well, yeah. instead, it, it, it is with the base of the simple things that we as human stay connected. And when sure. we look at the industry, the way, especially the tourism industry, is collectively working together uh, within one destination as such. So when it comes to Sri Lanka, how did the industry come together? How did they connect it? How did they work together to overcome these challenging times? Did did you notice a collaborative approach or was everybody on their own and just working towards their own success? Uh,
1: To be honest, a little bit of both, Uh, because you see, tourism is always a fragmented industry. However, At a national crisis or a global crisis now uh, like this, then people come together on on the bigger issues. Now, let's say, for example, uh, trying to get the borders open, everybody is working together on that. Uh, But when it comes to their own issues, then, of course, you know, like in a family, each child wants their own little thing and then they go to the mother crying, you know, so, so similar, similar situation here.
0: Has anybody been sharing best practices? For example, uh, one hotel company with the other saying, hey, this worked very well for me. And I think this could be uh, implemented across the industry for the benefit of all. Has something like that happened?
1: Yes, the Hotels Association shares those, uh, you know, I'm the immediate past president of the Hotels Association as well. And, um, you know, we have a very strong uh, committee. Uh, we also look at what other countries are doing as well, not only our own country, and uh, sharing this information.
0: And when you look at uh, other countries, which one do you, which, which country do you look up to, like, as of now? Which country are you observing more closely in terms of how are they, um, handling the, the current times?
1: I think, you know, one one success story is Thailand. I mean, you know, of course, Thailand also has no open borders as it, but, you know, Thailand is a country that uh, Sri Lankans visit and, you know, we have fairly close ties with the Thai hoteliers and so on and so forth. We look at Thailand, Singapore. Singapore is a very different experience altogether. And then maybe New Zealand. New Zealand is somewhat similar in many ways. With regard to nature and so on, but uh, you know, but it's a much more cleaner, uh, you know, approach there. Uh, so we look up. We look at New Zealand as well.
0: And as a tourism <laughs> leader in this very very critical time, you've been in the industry for the past thirty years. You've seen it all. You've 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 worked with the private sector, the public sector. You've worked with international organisations, and and uh, you have. A 360 overview of what tourism was, is, and should be in the future. What do you think should be considered the priority of today in the travel industry?
1: I think the priority should be to support one another. You know, uh, if you think, you know, if I think as a Sri Lankan, you know, I must get everything to my country. Uh, You know, you're in Mauritius, Mauritius things okay, everything must come to mine. It's not going to work. We have to start traveling as well. You know, so we we have to support one another. I think that would be the main priority. Another priority is to have patience. You know, uh, at times like this, uh, there are no quick fixes. Uh, You know, different countries take different uh, steps towards uh, handling this crisis. Uh, So no one-size-fits-them-all kind of thing. So we have to have patience. We have to have faith in the industry. We have to have passion in the industry. So all these things. Uh, must be there if if we are to take it forward in the future.
0: So, as of this, we have. I'm I'm really glad we had this conversation about Sri Lanka because it's a destination that needs to reopen. I really, really, really hope you will reopen borders soon, uh, and the tourism, the international tourism, will start to return to the island.
1: That's our hope as well, Dolores. We are really. Uh, Uh, confident that the president and the authorities will uh, open borders soon, if not uh, early December, at least early January. And with, you know, the international support and, uh, you know, working together Uh, that we will survive and actually I I really enjoyed uh, talking to you and thank you for giving me this opportunity to uh, share some of our thoughts and practices here in Sri Lanka and giving us that uh, opportunity thank you very much and I I look forward to listening to your other podcasts as well all the best to you
0: it has been a pleasure and good luck thank you
1: very much good luck and God bless you
0: did you enjoy today's episode Sri Lanka is working hard behind the scenes to prepare the country and the population to reopen its borders to international tourism. So what did we learn from today's episode? Global travel trends are showing a growing trend in wellness and well-being tourism as a way of traveling again, but also as an opportunity to heal mentally and physically. Sri Lanka's deep roots in Ayurveda are set to lead the way forward when it comes to wellness tourism, and the quest for adventure travel and nature immersion is higher than ever. Even when just planning the next trip, travelers today are looking for natural escapes. Sri Lanka, counting 26 national parks across the country, is able to cater for those adventure seekers without forgetting to invest in sustainable travel. Before you go, I would love to hear your feedback. Find me on Facebook or on Instagram at Truth Behind Travel Podcast or rate and review the show on Apple Podcast. If you have invited me in your home or while commuted to work, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. Today, many of you are celebrating Thanksgiving, a moment to come together and give thanks and gratitude what we have and what we can share with each other. As Hiran rightly mentioned during today's episode, let us be kind and patient with one another and support each other along this journey towards travel recovery. Thank you and bye for now.